Hello, everybody. This is Joshua Hatton with One Nation Under Whiskey Podcast. I am joined today, and mostly as always, with my friend and business partner, Mr. Jason Johnston Yellen. It is so nice to have you back with us, Jason. Man, you miss one podcast <laughs> and suddenly becomes mostly as always. <laughs> wow. Wow. There's mostly a lot for me to live up to now. <laughs> You've really got to step it up in this episode for dropping the ball in last. Wow. I apologize for disappointing you, Joshua. I apologize for disappointing our listeners. Mm-hmm. Keep keep going. I apologize to my family for letting down the good name. Yeah. Uh, I apologize to my wife, most of all, uh, for being in Scotland for, I think, 23 days oh instead gosh. of 10? Yeah. <laughs> 11? Yeah. So, anyway, back now. Here we are. Hello. Any apologies to Cecil... Uh, <laughs> can't pronounce his last name <laughs> he gets that a lot to be honest uh and you successfully mispronounced his first name too so congratulations oh is it cecil hey cecil oh wow did he has he corrected you in the past oh, oh that just activated siri siri is now giving me the wiki entry for sale goodness between her over there and she who should not be named on the shelf a l e x a Goodness, I've got devices shouting at me all the time yeah. now. Yeah, or as, as Haida likes to call A L E X A, our drunken roommate. <laughs> she just chimes in for no good reason. See, we're already falling victim to the machines. <laughs> we can't even say their names out loud. <laughs> well, luckily, they're, they're not smart enough to know how to spell. It's just like our children. <laughs> That's their next skill. They'll learn to spell their own names, and that will be our imminent doom. Then Skynet. <laughs> so, so here we are. Yes. Um, it's the middle of August. It is. You and I uh, left for Scotland um, to, to, towards the latter part of the middle of July. Mm-hmm. And we had a jolly good time. We uh, we saw our swimmers who we'd been discussing in our podcast for most of uh, 2017. Mm-hmm. We saw them around Isla, rather fantastic. That was great. Um, it was definitely, and I said this to, to some people on tour and some people on the island, definitely one of the most difficult tours uh, I've ever organized. Mm-hmm. Um, I was telling people, not only did we have our tour guests and we were working on our tour plans with different distilleries and locations and dinners and things. But we had our swimmers and their schedule. They were, you know, dealing with the tides and their, you know, head of of organization, um, Gus, Mm. who did an amazing job captaining the boat uh, around Ireland, supporting them. But then they also had two film crews that they were organizing. (laughs) The film crews had to be in the right place. And yeah, yeah. It was it was an amazing what ten days of just every day trying to work out what the what the hell is happening today, who's going where, and by the time we got to that final celebration at Ardbeg, you know, having the pier to ourselves, yeah. having the visitor center to ourselves, having the wonderful Jackie uh, to ourselves, and I'm Absolutely glad you got her amazing. into episode 13 yeah uh, anybody who who bypassed that because it was a shorter episode please go back 
uh, and pay Jackie full attention. She's a wonderful, wonderful human being and very supportive of our efforts. Not just that. Last episode. I'm sorry, I just messed up your flow. I apologize. <laughs> Not just that. <laughs> just like the old days. <laughs> the old days, they are new again. Um, last episode had us selecting casks, and I hadn't listened to it since we recorded it back in April. And that was a good bit of fun. So if you haven't listened to the episode, go ahead and check it out. It's less than 30 minutes long. Yeah, um, I, I count myself among that number. I'm I'm looking going to forward to going back and, and listening to that as well. Um, but but just to close out what I was saying before Joshua decided to throw something else into it. Um, just a banana peel. That, that closing celebration was such a relief. It that was. not only were Chad and Justin safe and our great, great friend Johnny Mundell oh, right. uh, who joined in and, and did the entire swim uh, with the two uh, chaps from the Explorers Club. Yeah. That was brilliant and mental. Um, but just just concluding it, they were safe. The planning was done. Our guests had an amazing time. Yeah, um, We got to spend some time with, with some Whiskey Legends we got to see parts of distilleries that you don't always get to go into. Mm -hmm. We had people opening casks and being very generous with their time. It just, just the whole experience was was amazing. But holy moly, was I glad that it was over. Well, yeah, <laughs> it, it wasn't. It wasn't that it was a relief. <laughs> I, I'm going to stick with relief. <laughs> <laughs> I would say, I would say it was a release. I mean, all of the tension over the week of, like you said, trying to line everything up and getting things coordinated between us and the swimmers, and that wasn't always possible. And, you know, we had seven guests with us, two houses, and, you know, while we're friends with them and, and, and all of that, it's a lot of work that we're putting in and we're on from 7 a.m. until everybody goes to sleep and sometimes you wake up in the middle of the night, right? <laughs> Screaming. <laughs> <laughs> and and everything ends, you know, there's this, it, it's that finale, right? It's, it's yeah. everything's done. And it was a relief because everything worked out over the week and yep. the swimmers made it through safely and a release because you can finally celebrate. And <laughs> as, as you know, I decided to finally celebrate and, and I wasn't going to keep, I wasn't going to bring it up. I thought whatever happens on Isla can certainly stay on Isla, but you're, you're the one bringing it up to tell people. I got really drunk. <laughs> and, uh, you know how you, you know how you can tell when I'm drunk. I can tell, but I'll let you tell the listeners. It's because I tell people I'm drunk. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> that's how you know I'm oh, drunk, because I have told nothing, you. Yep, there's nothing like <laughs> trying to get nine people back to two houses across two cars with your business partner, who you rely on wholeheartedly, telling you, I'm so drunk. I'm so drunk. Do you know how drunk I am? I'm so drunk. <laughs> and do you know what, Joshua? Yeah. I understood where you were coming from. Right? And and I was happy to let you go. Thank and you. as I've as I told you many times on the night and as I reminded you in the morning, you owe me one. And I'm waiting to see what that one takes the form of. Oh right. But um I but I think I think it's cast in stone right now that I'm owed something. 
Okay. Yes. Is it like? <laughs> well, I hope it. It's like a wonder twin power that that we can both benefit from it taking the form of wonder twin powers. Activate shape of octopus. Form of an ice unicycle. Before we got on to Isla. Yes, sir. Right. You know, we yep. we started our time in Scotland. We landed on the Friday and basically met the majority of our tour guests at the Bon Accord. Oh, my goodness. Paul McDonough, as always, <laughs> amazing hospitality. And just, you know, we were there on the day of his birthday, which is also coincidentally his wedding anniversary. His anniversary, yeah. And um, he made time for us. He came out. He... I think smoked a cigar, if I remember. The night, to be mm. honest, got a little hazy as it went along. You owed me um, for that night. <laughs> away with you. Away <laughs> <laughs> oh, with you. Oh, yeah. We had to walk 30 seconds back to our accommodation. Joshua took charge of everything. It was amazing. Everything. <laughs> I personally guided Michael Nolan by myself. <laughs> oh, I know. You hugged him the whole way home. <laughs> I love those photos. Absolutely brilliant. Um Anyway, yeah, so so Paul, really, really wonderful host, uh, really treated us incredibly well. The sun kept shining. We were out the back of the Bon Accord. Yeah. But, but let me let me back us up one, one okay, second. Okay, go ahead. Here. You back up. This tour, we mm. had seven guests that you mentioned. Mm -hmm. Four of those seven were back on a Whiskey Geek tour with us. Correct. Four, four of those guests... Um, were with us September of 2014. So, and I, I use this term very, very loosely, very small d, um, but one of the difficulties in planning this tour was it was important to me to give those four a very different experience than the September mm -hmm. 2014 yeah, experience. Likewise, sure. At the same time, we had three guests who were with a whiskey geek tour for the very first time. Mm -hmm. And so so the first thing that struck me was, how do you get to Isla in a different way than just driving from Glasgow to Kennecraig? Yeah. How, how can you do that slightly differently and roll in a different kind of experience? And so I'd, I'd looked up the ferry schedules and... I, I always knew there was an Oban to Isla Crossing mm. midweek. <laughs> I never, ever, ever knew that there was one on a Saturday. And here we were starting our tour. After that Friday night fun gathering at, at Paul's at the Bon, here we were starting our tour on a Saturday. And lo and behold, there's the crossing. 4 p.m., I think 4 p.m. check-in, 4.30 crossing. Yeah. You get into Port Askeg about half past eight via Collinsy. Here's an open crossing. How perfect is that? Yeah, yeah, it was to, great. To do something that you and I, of all the times we've been to Isla, never we've done. never done an open crossing. Yeah, never. So here's something brilliant that I know is going to be unique. To go along with that, I call up the open distillery, and I speak to the person who organizes special tours mm -hmm. for larger groups. Carol, I think and, her name was? Uh, is, is that right? Carol Bennett? I've literally no idea if that's right, but that just pops out of my head. Carol Bennett. Okay. And... Um, <laughs> I'm having this lovely conversation with her. She's really happy to hear we're coming to Oban on a Saturday. The downside is 
they've got nothing in place and no staff in place to do anything unique on a Saturday. Yeah. And so we're kind of talking, we're trying to parse out different plans. There's another way we could do this. And unfortunately, there really wasn't. And so we kind of compromise. And then she's, then she's about to finish the call and she says, oh, oh, I tell you, we've got the very first West Coast fish happening this Saturday, <laughs> just down this road from the distillery. Yeah. Right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that seems rather fantastic. And she said, yeah, part of the reason I'm not going to have staff at the distillery is because we're going to be down supporting the West Coast Fish. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, <laughs> here's the website. Here's the ticket price. Go ahead. I'm taking a look at the website while I'm finishing up a phone conversation with her. Before I've even hung up with her, I've purchased, you know, eight tickets because yeah. one of our guests was coming in on Monday. So there you go. That's the way a, a tour can come together mm. when you're just open to, to experiences and when you can get a little bit lucky. Um, so there you go. Our, yeah. our tour guests can not only say they did the Oban to Port Aski crossing, which was wonderful, really beautiful, um, but they also attended the first ever West Coast Fish yeah. uh, in uh, Oban. Of which I was the first person through the door. So I can put that in my little you know, <laughs> diary of uh, world firsts, and, uh, and, and that's it. For, for for listeners who don't remember and, and don't understand Gaelic, uh, phage uh, means festival. Just just so you know. So the West Coast, the festival of West Coast distilleries. I got a photo of um, one of our guests, Graham, uh, who came in from Canada, and one of our guests, Ben, who came in from Texas. Mm. They're both sitting on a couch, just sipping on a wee dram, having a good conversation. And behind them, the window of the event space is yeah. wide open. Yeah. There's the open harbour right behind them. There's the water leading out to the, the Inner Hebridean Islands uh, out behind them. So, yeah, really, really beautiful little photo uh, in a really cool space. So I'm really happy that that worked out. Yeah, I I, I thought the, the setting was nice and relaxed. And, <laughs> you know, going... Going to a whiskey festival, it's something that I haven't done as, you know, as an attendee. I haven't been an attendee at a festival in I can't remember how long, <laughs> right? I, th I think the last time I actually attended a festival as an attendee was the first uh, Whiskey Live Boston with you, which probably would have been five years ago. But even then, weren't we still there as bloggers? We were there as bloggers. Yeah. Like yeah. just just the wandering around having no set agenda. Although it is funny that you're saying this because you had your microphone in hand conducting a series of interviews, which meant, again, you were kind of there as <laughs> podcast person. Uh, the difference being, here's, here's yeah. what I think is the big difference. Go ahead. When was the last time we bought a ticket to a whiskey festival? There you go. Yeah, yeah, there. <laughs> there you go. You know, I I feel like I owe the whiskey festival world so much money for all the tickets I've been receiving yeah. that yeah. I was quite happy to pay my entrance into the yeah. into the Oban Fish yeah. or the West Coast Fish in Oban. Yeah, yeah. It was. It, I really liked the assortment of exhibitors that were there. 
right? You know, there there was some Isla, which makes sense, right? Isla is mm-hmm. off the southwestern coast of the mainland, and um, you know, you had your Campbelltown distilleries. Yep. Um, obviously, Oban was there. It would be kind of odd if Oban wasn't at this festival. Yeah, two doors down. Yeah. <laughs> um, Tam Du, or, or basically Ian McLeod Distillers, so they had um, uh, Smokehead um, oh, okay. Tam Du there. Some gin and some independent bottlers. You had Karen Morn was there. Karen Moore. Yeah. And independent bottler, yep. Yep. And two tables down from him was Chris Hoban with uh, Rassay Distillery. Rassay? Rassay. Yeah. Rassay? Rassay? You keep putting a strange emphasis on the last syllable. Is it the wrong emphasis? It is the very much the wrong emphasis. And even on the wrong syllable. <laughs> well, yeah, just Rassay. Know, they don't get away with putting two A's together and not messing up people. Let me hear how you say grassy. Grassy. Okay, now take off the G. Rassay. Sometimes you just can't help somebody who doesn't want to be because helped. he doesn't because no he he pronounces it a little differently. I had to ask him. So this is Jason. You are a genius. I think you've been trying to, you know, play it along like oh let's make fun of how Josh pronounces things and I'm going to call him Josh instead of Joshua and blah blah blah. <laughs> but we'll use that as a segue into my conversation with Chris Hoban. Your genius, genius. 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 So I'm here right now with Chris Oban of, and you need to pronounce it because when two A's are put side by side, my ability to pronounce that name gets a little kooky. So talk to me about your distillery, starting by the name of the distillery. I work for Rasse Distillery. On Sky, they they tend to say Rasse. They they add a Z in there a little bit. If you were Gaelic, you would say Rathersse. But I say Rasse, so okay. yeah, Rasse Distillery. So Rasse is just near Sky. Um, it's a, it's going to be a small hundred thousand liter distillery with a nice accommodation beside it, built in the old estate manager's house on the island. So, is this uh, has there ever been a distillery on the island? There hasn't been a distillery on the island. There's a history of illegal distillation. And there's a lady who's writing, who's written a few books on the illegal distillation. All right. Because it's an island off of an island, so it's just off of Sky. Yeah. It was quite easy to be warned if uh, Her Majesty's Revenue and Customs, if the customs officers were coming over, um, they would, the people on Sky would let them know, and then you could hide your stills and avoid uh, paying tax. Now that is a few hundred years ago. I'm not suggesting that anyone is doing that now. How mobile are your stills? <laughs> they're quite small. Well, they're, no, well, they're, they're, they're quite small, but they're still pretty chunky. Uh, um, so, like, right now on your table, you have some blended malts, and I mean, I'll let, I'll let you talk about it. But can you explain why you're launching with these sort of blended malts? What your what your aim is? Yeah. So the idea we've got one of the products is Rassi while we wait, and our thinking was we wanted to get out the type of whiskey we're aiming to achieve when our distillery opens. So we bought heavily smoked single malt and unsmoked single malt, blended them together to a medium peat, so around 15 parts per million, 
and then finished it in Tuscan red wine casks. The idea really was to take a lens from the island style of whiskey, so something with a medium smoke. We don't want it too heavily smoked because when we start distilling, we want to show off the character of the spirit we're aiming to achieve. So you don't want to drown it in too much smoke, so medium smoke. And then we use Tuscan red wine casks because we bought our pot stills in Tuscany. Uh, yeah. So they're not Forsyth stills? They're not Forsyth. What are they? Uh, they're from Frilly, who've made grappa stills in the past, but they've also made uh, stills for the likes of Inch Darney in Fife, uh, Inch Darney Distillery, and a few others. At the time, we approached uh, a few other pot still makers, but the timings just didn't work, as distilling in Scotland is booming, so there are a lot of people looking to buy pot stills. Uh, and Frilly, offer, the offer in terms of making quite a small still was quite a good offer in terms of their expertise. So, yeah. so what, was the, uh, what was the waiting period for, for Forsyth if you were looking to work with them? Now, I don't, I, I was, I, I've just joined the project in the past year and a half, okay. so it'd be more Alistair that would have dealt with that, but I think you were looking at years, probably, so. I know Forsyth's were very busy. Yeah. I think they've put their, their, it's less demand now, or they're certainly being able to deal with it more, but yeah, I think you were looking at years, so. When you say Alistair, so who, who are the other people? So the co-founders of the project are, is a chap called Alistair Day, who did the Tweeddale blend. Yeah, and that yeah. Was, yeah. So that was his great-grandfather's blend um, from, uh, well, the last recipes from 1916. Uh, and he started creating that blend again in 2009. So he looked at the recipe and recreated the blend. After a few years, he decided the best step was to, to build distilleries. So he searched Scotland looking for an entrepreneur who was interested. He found a chap called Bill, and Bill's been involved in lots of tech, tech finance businesses. He also did dating websites, uh, and uh, which he loves me mentioning. Uh, and, uh, and from that, he wanted to get into something more long-term. And there are very few things longer term than whiskey. Right, I mean, not relationships. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. Right. So before you were talking about um, your fermentation times, yeah. and I, unless I misunderstood, it, it seemed as if when you're creating this this blend, this sort of you know while we wait blend, yeah. that it's that it's somehow highlighting what you're looking to do with your fermentation times. Can you talk about that? Yeah, so the water on the island of Rassi is quite high in minerals, which is very helpful for uh, long ferments. So when we set up the project and we discovered this water direct directly beneath the site, uh, held in sandstone surrounded by granite, so a natural aquifer, we felt we should try and uh, go for longer fermentations. So our average fermentation is going to be about 85 or 90 hours. We'll also aim for an over 110 hour fermentation and a slightly shorter, say 70 hour weekday fermentation. Um, we're looking at different, we're looking at a few different bits and bobs in terms of yeast. I'd like to say that we will experiment, but it'll all depend on when we're open. Uh, and, and up, getting up and running, so yeah. yeah. Uh, but the idea really was to show off the water as much as you can, although it is a small percentage of the process, mm -hmm. but then ideally try and ferment in a style that's going to create a very fruity spirit, yeah. allow for a small amount of smoke, because we'll be hoping to release some of our product at three years, so in 20, 2020, 
and that will be long fermented, medium smoked, using unusual casks. And then we'll hope to release some as a 10-year-old as well in 2027. Uh, that will hopefully will use less active casks and maybe the shorter fermented runs. So we'll be splitting our production in terms of to see if we can go right this is how to make good young whiskey and this is how to make longer aged whiskey so, so will, will you be storing your casks on site do you have enough uh, what, what's your warehouse capacity at the moment so to begin with we will have three to four years worth of warehouse capacity there's also an option to do to, to expand to a second warehouse which should, should take us to sort of six or seven years so but ideally if we can sell a good amount of product at three then we should be able to uh, allow for space if you see what i mean we're aiming to mature as much as we can on the island if not all of it okay because yeah, i imagine I mean, granted, the, the, the weather in Scotland is pretty even across the board, but some people feel as if, you know, if the whiskey is matured close to its source, you're going to have a different profile, yeah, right? I mean, certainly, you tend to, or my experience is it tends to be quite, it's, it's quite warm on Rasse. Like, I find, I find that the temperature has been quite good throughout the year, but maybe I've been lucky. Um, but you do tend to see more evaporation closer to water. So I think you're going to potentially get more cask interaction at the, at, this, at the same time. I think the guys that mature on Isla, for example, are going to get a lot of cask interaction. Um, so yeah, we'll be aiming for that, certainly. Okay. Cool. Yeah, I interviewed um, Lucas a little yeah. while back. And uh, so those, those that are listening, Lucas and Chris, it was you two plus someone else that started Edinburgh Whiskey Blog. Yeah, it was us two to begin with. Yeah. And then we got uh, three more writers. So Chris White, who established Uskabe Whiskey Bar in Edinburgh, um, and a chap called Jason, who works for All Mile Whiskies, and a chap called Graham, who works for a PR company in London. Okay. And it's, they're still active, but you are not as much. No, I mean, the blog has probably got to a stage where we write occasionally because we enjoy writing. Um, but between Lucas being busy with Old Pulteney and Balblair and Anok and me being busy with uh, Rasse, it's, uh, it's probably taken sli a slight step back from the days when we went up tr on trips up, to, up north together. So Yeah, I know exactly what that's like. Yeah. yeah. You should definitely come and visit the distillery uh, when we're, we'll be open for visitors in October. Uh, and it's a beautiful island. Uh, you're only 15 minutes away from Skye on the ferry, and it's going to be arguably one of the best views from a distillery in, in Scotland. So, yeah. so how, many, how many people will your accommodation, distillery accommodation, accommodate? So the distillery accommodation will be, a, uh, it's going to be five double rooms, a tasting room uh, and a viewing gallery to look across the sky. Uh, we do have a membership so that, so that people, to access the accommodation, you become a member and you get 10 nights stay and 10 bottles of whiskey with your membership. So, yeah. Thank you. Thanks, Sasha. Cheers. Cheers. So in both listening to Chris there and the conversation that I had with them uh, while I was at the Fesh, uh, it's very interesting to me that the northwest corner of Scotland has always been a very difficult place uh, to lead a whiskey geek tour. Hmm. Uh, you know, when you come off the ferry at Kenna Craig, you're five hours away uh, from getting to Sky. 
that's that's a that's a significant portion of any day when you're in inverness you're still two and a half three hours away from getting off to sky Mm -hmm. and for the whole time that it was just talisker there it's hard to really justify getting out there yeah but as i say talking to chris and listening to chris now that northwest pocket is about to have three working distilleries in it now it's worth kind of a, a bit of a Campbellton, yeah. right? Yeah. Where it's it's kind of developing its own region. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of the things that I've wanted to do with, with future Whiskey Geek tours is run an island tour mm. and find a way to get to Orkney, get to, uh, get to Sky, get to Rassi, right? Which, you know, Chris is just talking about, A, you can see it from Sky. Yeah. Uh, B, it would be like going to Jura from Isla. It's a right. very short ferry yep. ride. It's an island to next to an island. Yep. Exactly, yeah, yep. exactly. And so I, I really like the idea of this region building and us having more of a region. Go for a couple of days so it's not just a lengthy drive mm-hmm. in and a lengthy mm-hmm. drive out. And then trying to find a way to, again, do that open crossing yeah. where you're stopping in at Collinsy, then you're off to Isla again. So it really got my creative whiskey geek tour juices flowing yeah and thinking of a way to go and visit chris and see the distillery but also see talisker the new distillery on on sky um whose name i i keep forgetting it skips me as well right so i was uh, also struggled yeah and in the way chris talks about the accommodations that are that are being built on the island next to the distillery you know, I think it's a great way to to maybe visit Sky and visit Talisker and hang out there for a while. Take a ferry over to how do you pronounce it? Rassi. Rassi. Rassi uh, without a G. Yeah, and and spend some quality time with them and 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 spend the evening there. You know, and and you know, you didn't see it because you weren't part of the conversation when I was talking with Chris, but he's, you know, breaking out from his phone all of these pictures. You know, the, oh, v- the view of Isle of Skye from the island is captivating. Yep, yep, um, yep. And then they're talking, like, a lot of the newer distilleries of having this beautiful picture window uh, in their still mm-hmm, house mm-hmm, yeah. to really add to that level of beauty. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah I, th- I think it'd be well worth it. Uh, already I want to start talking about Ardenahoe, but I will be patient and I will wait for a future episode uh, to talk more about the Ardenahoe build on Isla. But I'm cutting myself off, Joshua, before you cut me off. I tell you, that was some good hinting, though. Thank you. I've practiced during my three months in Scotland. (laughs) Is that hinting or foreshadowing? Ooh, Ooh. Somebody swallowed a dictionary (laughs) while I was in Scotland for three months. (laughs) Okay, so as we're as we're discussing this West Coast fish, uh-huh. I know yes. I know that we have some things mm-hmm. in our glasses. Well, you have something in your glass. Um, I haven't poured mine yet. I've ke- I've kept mine secret from you. Okay, I'm going to be honest and tell you I also have not poured. <laughs> I was keeping <laughs> a secret from you. You liar. Okay, you you fill the dead space. I'm going to go get a bottle. Thank you. 
so yeah uh so now that jason's back i'll stop but uh this was a dead easy choice oh, and man. i would be surprised if you and i do not have the same thing in our glass we definitely but do not we d- all right what do you have okay you you know who's on the west coast of scotland right up in beautiful Fort William. Oh, one Scotland's of my favorites. Gateway to the Highlands, the outdoors. The, oh, mm, I think I've poured this previously. I would have poured this around our, our Jubilee episodes, I would imagine. Um, because in both Seattle and New York, this absolutely killed. Uh, ben Nevis 20. Right, it's a no-brainer. Single cast nation, Ben Absolutely Nevis, twenty-year-old. No yeah, it I, is. And given that you're the you're the Ben Nevis guy in the company, mm-hmm. and I'm the the guy being persuaded uh, about Ben Nevis, this is a beautiful expression of Ben Nevis. So while you have some single cast nation whiskey in your bottle, uh, I wanted to do the same. In fact, I was inches millimeters away from grabbing our Ben Nevis. But um, at the very last minute, I changed things up. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Uh, I did select a West Coast distillery. Yes. I'll show you the color of that whiskey. Uh, that's very dark. Very dark. So I'm going to be this very... This is ours? No. This is SCN? No. No, I'm going to be okay. disloyal. Okay. <laughs> to our own brand. This is um, oh, gosh. Single Malts of Scotland and an 11-year-old Springbank. There you go. Yeah. I've been looking for an excuse to open this bottle, and I thought this is uh, <laughs> perfect. Do it when Jason can only watch me and not participate. <laughs> Seems like the perfect time. <laughs> I'll see you soon enough. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, I hadn't right. I, I had not considered your feelings when I uh when I made the selection. <laughs> I've got a uh, I've got a quick story about single malts of Scotland. Oh, hold on. That's very noisy. Oh, that's good. I feel so... like it's just taunting me now. <laughs> I sound delicious. <laughs> so you and I on our very okay. first Maybe our second trip to the Good Spirits Company in Glasgow. Uh-huh. Popped in, we're looking around at all their bottlings, and there was a single malt of Scotland bottling of uh, Beaumore, an 80s Beaumore, which captured my eyes. Okay. And I'm um, looking at it. It's like 86 or 82. I forget the, the year. The bottle's long gone now. And I'm looking at it. I'm saying, oh, 80s. This has got to be good. The price was good, too. I think it was 90 pounds, something like that. And uh, Matthew McFadden uh, huh? comes to me, and he says... It's not even close to how you pronounce his name, but carry on. How do you on. pronounce his name? Just stick to Matthew. You'll be safe. Just say Matthew. Okay. So, oh, is it Fadien? Fadien? <laughs> remember, remember three seconds ago when I said stick to Matthew? Yeah, okay. So I'm looking at this bottle, and Matthew... <laughs> At uh, <laughs> at Good Spirits, comes to me and he says, "Oh no, 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 no! You, you're you're not going to want that bottle. It's loaded mm. with FWP." Preach. <laughs> 
And uh, I said, you had me at hello. He didn't even say hello. That's where he had me. So I instantly bought the bottle, and I was as pleased as punch. Absolutely delicious. I don't think I've tasted that one either. No, you have. You have. Yep. Is this, is this segment called Torturing Jason? <laughs> anyway, Jason. Anyway. <laughs> it's a pleasure to have you back. So, cheers. Cheers. <laughs> I swear to God. You sound like a police officer throwing a suspect down a set of stairs every time you cheers your glass over there. <laughs> but yeah, if you hit him with a um, with a phone book, you'll never know. You'll never see the bruises, which is great. It's an old tactic that we use in the force around single cast nation. <laughs> okay, so we're we're getting a little we're getting a little um, off topic here. Us, us. <laughs> How dare you, sir? So you you are correct in that while well, here we are at the festival and trying to enjoy it as attendees, I broke out my recorder because I wanted to talk to a bunch of people. And I really wanted to record the trip in its entirety. So every little bit that we did, I wanted to make sure I'm capturing conversations, whether it is at this or it's with our attendees or at the various distilleries, what have you. I think all in all, I recorded 17 hours of audio. Which is something since we were there for 240 hours. That's <laughs> 17 of those being captured is pretty significant. <laughs> so after speaking with Chris, he said, have you, have you spoken with any of the organizers of, of the phage? And I hadn't. I was looking for someone. And it just so happens that James, who uh, is one of the organizers of the Phage, who's also a shop owner there in the town of Oban, happened to be there. And I said, uh, would you like to be on our podcast? And guess what he said? No, get out. <laughs> I did not expect Joshua Hatton to be the number one person through the door. <laughs> and that's what he got anyway. Sometimes you get what you need, not what you want. <laughs> you can't always get what you want. So we are we're at the first ever the West Coast Whiskey Fage. West Coast Whiskey Fage. So talk to me. You're one of the organizers. How long have you been planning to do this? And talk, talk to me about the whole leading up to this. Well, we've been talking about doing this for. A couple of years, probably, but really seriously over the last maybe 18 months. Um, but yeah, we decided to really go for it 12 months ago, and then it's been all go since then, trying to pull everybody together to get it, get it organized. Uh, but it's one of these things that it is pretty much entirely born out of late night uh, post tasting session conversations. Um, All the best conversations <laughs> happen then. <laughs> exactly. Um, so yeah, uh, once we decided to actually be serious about it, then we, we, we set our sights and here we are. So you live locally, are you in Oban? I am, yeah, I live in Oban, I'm from Oban originally. Um, yeah, I've, I've, I've lived away for a, a while, but I just moved back um, just over a year ago, and that's when myself and Ewan um, sort of got our heads together and got it organized. So, uh, my business partner and I, Jason, who is the, uh, see that guy with the shock of gray hair? 
Yep. Who's actually a lot younger than he looks. Um, so we've been we've been doing a festival in the U.S. called Whiskey Jubilee, doing it for six years now. We're in New York, Chicago, and Seattle. So we get the stresses of setting up a show, and and so I want to know from your perspective. What are the difficult bits? Like, what what are what were the things that I see just a couple gray hairs on the side? <laughs> How did those gray hairs come to be? Yeah, they've been coming in pretty thick and fast recently. Uh, to be honest, as it's our first time doing this, I mean, we've run plenty of uh, tasting nights in the shop, but that's an easily quantifiable, controllable thing. Um, so, the biggest stress was knowing how many people to accommodate for, you know, exactly how to budget um, for that. Um, And then, to be honest, trying to get two dozen uh, producers in the same room at the same time is a bit like herding cats. So, um, yeah, it's... I don't know if there's been one single thing that's been the most difficult. Yeah, just to be a honest. lot of little things. So that's it. It's just yeah. a huge pile of little things yeah. to, to deal with. And then realizing that you forgot to write something down and then you've forgotten this and that. Yeah. So you said you've done tastings in the shop for Are you shop owners? Yeah, yeah. So my friend Ewan um, owns Open Whiskey and Fine Wine Shop, which is directly across the road from Open Distillery. Um, so he's been in there for, I don't know, three or four years or so. Um, and I came to, I actually came, when I moved back to Oban, uh, I had previously been working for myself in, in Glasgow. When I moved back to Oban, um, I was a bit of a loose, at a bit of a loose end. Um, so he said, well, come into the shop and help me out for two weeks. It's the middle of summer, it's busy. I was like, yeah, okay, I, I know my whiskey, so let's do this. And then, well, I'm still here a year later so you know I'm store manager in the shop now he's shop owner we're old friends from school and uh, yeah we both love whiskey um, I'm just curious so I mean, the, the assortment of distilleries or brands here um, well, you do you, so you do have Kilhoman yeah. so it's not just West Coast Stuff. Well, yeah, yeah, it's West Coast. I mean, the Isla is a West Coast oh, island. Yeah, no, that's okay. So that's a good point. The idea was, you know, that you, you get the big whiskey show down in London. You've got, um, you know, Glasgow and Edinburgh, national whiskey whiskey shows. These big guys, and it's it's a bit of a mishmash. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm just saying it's a very eclectic mix of distillers. You've got international, Amrit, and all the rest of it. Um, but there's so much happening on the West Coast at the moment, and it's one of I mean, it is the original um, whiskey mecca, you know, really. Um, But there's so many new producers as well. So we've got, you know, the giants of Ardbeg and Lofroig and all these big bruisers um, in our locality. But then we've got exciting new distilleries like Ardnamurk and Rassi. Nick Nian is just uh, running new new spirit off stills. Most people haven't even heard of these guys. so yeah, we wanted to create an event where we can get along these stalwarts of the whiskey industry alongside the, the little guys. Yes. Give them an opportunity to showcase themselves. So every every exhibitor that's on today will at least have, you know, they will be producing something on the West Coast. Whether we've got some people that are doing ales, gins, 
Um, but yeah, other, some others, have, they're all maybe part of a larger you know, conglomerate and they've brought their other brands, which that's cool, why not? Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, to get the likes of Ailsa Bay, oh, I mean, that's, really it's a pretty, I think it's probably a pretty un, unknown bottle. Very good stuff, but it's made by a big producer. So it's pretty cool to be able to get them along here today to get an opportunity to taste it. You know. um, and I think he's actually got some cask samples and stuff kicking around, if you ask, underneath the table. He might have some cask samples of uh, what goes into their vatting. So, yeah, all kinds of cool stuff. So, uh, last thing, you've got a festival bottling. Yes. So yet another headache to put on top of everything. Yes. Um, what's going on with your festival bottling? So the festival bottling, yeah, it's a very limited run. It's made from basically cask shares, to be honest. It's only 120 bottles produced because it's a, it's a vatted malt, a blended malt. Um, I prefer vatted too. Well, this is it. So it's, uh, yeah, four, four West Coast single malts. Um, you know, I think if you, yeah, but when you get a wee taste, you'll probably be able to det detect some quite, uh, you know, well-known profiles in there. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, something that we've always wanted to do. I mean, man, we got our own name. We got our names on our own bottle, yeah. and that's just exactly. It's very cool. You know, we're just so happy with it. Yeah. <laughs> so we do a festival bottle. So I understand that it's just that added headache of. You know, it's that one other little thing that you need to put on top of all the other little things. That's it. So, I mean, it's one of these, uh, yeah. So, having done this one bottling now, we now realize, and we are already planning for next year's bottling. We've got some irons in the fire already for what we're looking to put out next year, because, my goodness, did it take a lot longer than we thought it would to get organized. Yeah. But yeah, so that's that's one thing that we've definitely learned already is to if you think you're doing it in, in a, enough in advance, you're probably not. You need to start a month earlier. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, so a humble brag here. I was the first person in the door. Yes. First person to get my wristband. I remember. Yes. I opened the door to you. Oh, you did. Oh, you did. That you? was me. Yeah. You did. So very excited. <laughs> Thank you so much. No problem, man. Yeah, yeah, Thanks is, for coming. Yeah, we we had, we'd actually we called uh, called up Oban to see if we can do a distillery tour, and Carol, who's behind the table somewhere, said, "Actually, there's a there's a fish going on." Ah, good on her. Yeah, nice. so we didn't uh, we 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 didn't have any idea, and she told us, and we brought there's eight of us, I think. So. Yeah, yeah. I saw. I actually saw your booking come through. Oh, you and I did. thought, oh, this sounds interesting. What's going on here? <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Fantastic. Cheers. Thank you. No problem, man. Good talking to you. Jason, before we go any further with this podcast, I need, yes, sir? I need to talk to you about this spring bank that you're not having. How how kind of you. <laughs> I, what I like about this experience is that I know exactly how our listeners feel. <laughs> when we're going on about whiskeys that they also don't have in their glass. So, yes, for my benefit and the benefit of our listeners, please talk to me about your single malts of Scotland Springbank 11-year-old that is as dark as molasses. Yeah, so uh, natural color, no-chill filtration, sherry cask, only 83 bottles, which tells me they, they probably split this with someone else. But uh, Or they it, stole it. Or they stole <laughs> stolen whiskey. 
it's, it's all we could get in the 24 valanches that we smuggled in down our pants leg. <laughs> but it... But my socks did taste delicious that night. It is reminiscent of that 19-year-old Rechar cherry spring bank with just a touch of menthol in the back and a bit of lavender. Oh, did this... if if I may be allowed to speak and just really to make you stop Um, (laughs) uh, was this bottling ever available in the United States? No, so this was (laughs) (laughs) it gets worse I love it this was bottled exactly one month before I called you to discuss starting a company Oh, good gosh. Yeah, bottled in uh, October of 2010. Oh, gosh. Distilled in uh, September of 1999. And uh, I'd never heard of this. I actually won this on auction through uh, Scotch Whiskey Auctions. Nice. That's certainly something for us to keep an eye out for going forward. And when I say us, I'm talking about myself and the listeners. Since you've got yours, just leave some for others. Holy cow. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> it's like really good. Oh. Should I battle back with the single cast nation retail Ben Nevis 20 or should I just allow this moment to pass? Oh, it's just mm, so good. You know, it reminds- so you spoke with the. <laughs> My God, he's still going! <laughs> Make him stop! Well, I just think about the moaning you did on Isla. I know that you had a a very decent conversation uh, with the people from Ardnamurkin. That is correct. Which I know Mm -hmm. you have affectionately referred to as Angela Merkin Distillery. On the Anglo-American Peninsula, <laughs> off the west coast of Scotland. Uh, can we just call it that, or do you think they I, might get upset? I, I think anybody would get upset being called the Anglo-American <laughs> Distillery. Um, <laughs> but but at least suggesting that it comes from a place of love and good humour, while we continue to call it the Ardnamurkin Distillery, uh, I think would be fine. So, uh, so I, I had the good fortune of visiting with them uh, back in May of 2015 Yeah, uh, with good friend uh, Mark Conley, uh, who, oh, who does right. a, a bunch of great whiskey things. Uh, whiskey, Whiskey, Whiskey uh, Forum, uh, formerly of, of Glasgow's Whiskey uh, blog, and uh, is now... Uh, mostly known for running Glasgow's Whiskey Festival, mm-hmm. uh, of which our good friend Paul McDonough uh, is a, co- a part. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah co-organizer. Co-organizer. Yeah. Yep. Um, and so I had a lovely time at the Ardnamurkin Distillery a while back, uh, and now here we are, July of 2017, and you're talking with them about the offerings that they've got on the table, yeah. the younger ages, the type of maturation that's going on. I thought it was a, a very good interview, and I was standing beside you as you were conducting it, tasting uh, through the offerings that were being discussed. Um, and so uh, it was tour guide extraordinaire Ricky, uh, Ricky? Clark. Yeah, Ricky Clark. Ricky Clark. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm just going to 
yield the floor to Ricky Clark and let him say his piece. So I'm with uh, Ricky Clark. Ricky Clark? Yes. He's with, uh, well, Adelphi and uh, Arden American. The Arden American. The yes. Arden American. Okay. Well pronounced. And I, so we're at the West Coast Fijil, or the West Coast Fage, and uh, we're, we're talking about your washbacks. Yes. Uh, so, so first off, really quickly, if you can talk about Arden American and give us a quick little history, and then I, I'm really interested about your washbacks because no one's doing what you're doing. So if you wouldn't mind. Okay, yes. So the Arden American Distillery is quite a young distillery. We are only just coming up for three years old, and in fact, today, we will be three years old in three days' time. Three and three. three days. We will be three years old in three days' time. So we will officially have whiskey for the first time in the Ardenburgan Distillery. Um, we're a smallish distillery. We can, at a maximum, produce somewhere between three and 500,000 litres, but at the moment, we are producing maybe 100,000 or just over that figure per year. Um, is, is that, I'm sorry to interrupt, is that because of a, um, a limitation on your washbacks? Do you need to increase your washbacks to get to that um, larger spirit run? Or? Um, no, we have adequate washbacks. We have uh, seven washbacks in the distillery. We have uh, three, uh, sorry, four wooden washbacks and three stainless steel. So we've got a mixture of traditional and modern. And the washbacks, we think anyway, are quite special. Our fermentation period, as long as it's four or five days, and then our washbacks are made of oak. So we're certainly the only distillery in Scotland using oak washbacks. And these are ex-cognac vats from France. I don't know whereabouts in France, but they were cognac vats in France. They were sourced, dismantled, brought across to us, and then we brought in three coopers from Portugal wow. to rebuild these wow. washbacks. Okay. So very special, and they have told us that these washbacks will outlast the lifetime of the distillery. Really? Yes, so, so assured are they of, of their workmanship, that their craft, that these washbacks will go on and on. Now's the test. Now's the test. So we think we've got enough. We produce about 10,000 litres of wash a day. And we have uh, one run a day and five runs a week. So we are using the wooden washbacks at the moment, producing 10,000 litres, as I said. The washbacks themselves could actually hold about 15,000 litres. Okay. Um, do you notice a difference in your wash from the, from the oak washbacks to the stainless? That's contentious, isn't it? Because some people say there is a big difference, right. and other people say there's no difference. You were expecting that question, though. I, I was expecting yeah. it, yes. I think maybe it's more in the, the length of the fermentation. So that extra day going on to five days fermentation right. is maybe the trick to add the extra flavours and, and okay. such. Because through the distillation process, you may take something away from the wood or from the stainless steel. And you're producing two types of spirit, peated and unpeated, yeah? We are. Uh, we will try and do a six-month run on each. Six months of peated, six months of unpeated. Wow. And, and the, the peating level is? Peating level is quite lightly peated. We are, we are starting at 30 ppm, okay. 30 parts per million. Um, through distillation, I'm aware that that will drop to around about 15 ppm. Okay. And then it will mellow off as the years pass in the casks. Yeah. Well, right now I'm tasting your, um, so it's a distillery release. 
right? Or warehouse release, sorry. Warehouse release, batch number two from 2017. So this is a combination of one and two year old octaves, Spanish sherry octaves. The octaves are holding somewhere between 40 and 50 litres. Yeah. Um, Oloroso and Pedro Jimenez sherry casks. Right. And we are bottling this at a 50-50 mix. So 50% peated, 50% unpeated. Right. And I think you're the one that's tasting it, so you've got you've got the tasting notes there. Well, what I, what I really like about it is because it's so young, you get to taste the spirit itself. Yes. Right. And and I think I think the spirit itself is is be obviously there's cask influence there, but you can you know the cask seems to be framing the spirit very nicely. And it's just, it's pretty. It's a nice fruit. Sweet. Yeah. It's very yeah. light in flavor. So yeah, it's a lovely spirit. Actually, we don't have any here today for you to taste, but the spirit itself is actually uh, uh, quite a wonderful soft spirit. It surprises a lot of people when they have yes. a little taste at the end of their tours, how nice the spirit is. And it is uh, at 63.4%. So it's quite a strong spirit, but still very, very drinkable. And are you, and maybe you know this, maybe you don't, but I'm curious about your cuts. You know, when, when you start your heart cuts and how much you're taking. We'll take uh, from the heart at 75%, and then we bring that down to 65, and we are closing the cut at 65, going on to the faints. And that was, was, it, was that something that um, uh, Jim Swan and and Charlie Charles figured McLean. out. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely, they, they've worked on that, along obviously with uh, Alex Bruce, uh, yeah. one of the directors, they, yeah, they, but they've, they've brought that decision around and it seems to be working well uh, for our spirit and uh, again for this maturing spirit that we're tasting today. Any plans to bring the, the whiskey to the US once you're ready to release it as whiskey? Well, hopefully Adelphi, we have already worked through America. We have a couple of agents working through America and absolutely we'll, uh, uh, the Merkin Distillery will be there in America. All right. So when do we have to wait? What's the year? The year, the big year, is 2022. Okay. So although we will have whiskey in three days' time, unfortunately, we have another five years to hang on. Wow. So, wow. fingers crossed. Oh, I'll have a 16-year-old on my hands at that time. That makes, okay. That makes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that makes it, brings it home. Yeah, it brings it home, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, we're looking, we thought there was a gap in the market for eight-year-olds. And, and that's what we aimed at. So 2022, we will begin to fill that gap. And you'll put, you feel you'll put eight years on the on the label to show the age statement? As far as I'm aware, the will age that's statement, the, 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 uh, yes, yes, the malt, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I think more and more people need to start showing that age, age statement. to show how beautiful younger whiskies could really yes, be. can be, yeah, absolutely. And, and the, the distillation, uh, the, the guys uh, distilling, yeah, showing their magic and, and what they can want. Cool. Thank you very much. Excellent. Thank you very much. Cheers. I really have to hand it off to James and the and the other folks behind the West Coast Phage because what they were able to accomplish with this festival is something that, that we do or we try to do with the Jubilee. Uh, I think they have a little bit of bit a little bit of a benefit when it comes to geography. Correct. <laughs> right? Correct. But, no doubt about that. Right? But everybody behind 
the table, the respective tables, knew intimately the details of the distilleries, of the whiskeys, of the process, you name it. You know, as you heard from Ricky, that he was no exception whatsoever. Correct. So so hats off to to James and everybody who put on the West Coast Phage. Uh, year one, I thought, was absolutely fantastic. And, a terrific start. Right? And, and there's only room for improvement, right? It's only going to get better. Hats off to them. And, and Jason, hats off to you for... <laughs> you know, I know part of it was luck, but but you saw an opportunity to to change our tours in a, in a way that others may sort of overlook it, right? You've got so you've got tour companies that are far more established than we are, offering different experiences than we do. Yeah, but, but because they are a bit of a machine, and we are not. You're able to move on your toes to say, oh, wait a second, this could be interesting when, you know, others may say, oh, geez, okay, I can't get into Oban. Let's see what else we can do. Um, <laughs> Which would have happened if I hadn't been told about the West Coast fish. But that's a story for another day. You actually bring me around to a hats off that I wanted to send to Carol, uh, mm. A, for bringing this to my attention. B, for being so willing to work with us to get something interesting while we were in Oban. Uh, and there's a B or three, I kind of lost track a little bit myself there. Oh, no, C, um, C would be the next. Okay. She was the, the first person that I spoke to when I went in the doors. Oban were front and center at the at the fish. They were. They and were, I, yeah. I got to speak to her for a good 20 minutes, tasted through what she had on the table. And I have to say the distillery only Oban that she had on the table was absolutely fantastic and a really wonderful representation of the Oban distillery. Mm. And it was funny because she'd said it to me and to you and to others going up to the table. Now, watch out. This is cask strength, which is a, a common refrain we hear at festivals. <laughs> and that's exactly what I loved about it, yeah. to be able to access a cask strength Oban with tremendous flavors that had been through a variety of casks. Uh, was was really wonderful and really enjoyable. Huh. And so I tasted a lot of wonderful things at the fish, uh, but that open distillery bottling uh, was really impressive. That's interesting that she said cast strength because I thought it was 48 some odd percent alcohol. I wonder if there was older juice in there to uh, to bring the ABV down a little bit. Yeah, she may have also said higher strength as opposed to cask strength. Oh, right, right. But I might be slightly misremembering it. Hmm. I had a moving I, on. <laughs> I had a favorite from that festival too. So that was your favorite, the Oban. It was. It was among them. Yeah, there was a. I think there was the older Tormor that all of us were raving about. Yeah. Um, that was an old malt cask. Oh, know, after yeah. us talking about that on the podcast a few yeah, times, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then you sent me over for the Daluin Four mm. uh, with Karn Moore. That was my favorite. That was the first thing you put in your mouth, and it remained your favorite. Four-year-old Daluane. It was forty-six percent alcohol. We'll let it slide. Uh, first fill bourbon, and I thought it was wonderful. Yep. Yeah. No, the lovely, uh, lovely set of offerings. A nice balance between distillery bottlings and independent bottlings, which mm -hmm. is always a balance we're trying to strike with the Jubilee. Yeah. Um, and so, just to echo what you just said, I take my hats off to the organizers. I thought they did a lovely job, and the West Coast Fish is off and running. 
and all of our tour guests and you and I are able to say we attended the first one. Yeah. Meanwhile, at the Hall of Justice. Que hora es? Uh, como están de va? Voulez-vous coucher avec moi ce soir? Latin dictator. <laughs> Orange dictator. <laughs> Maga! Maga! <laughs> what time is it, Jason? Everybody at home knows. Cut to... Extra, extra! Read all about it! Life story of Playboy Penny! Extra, extra! We got a few things to talk about. Yeah, yeah, that's one of those things when you spend three months in Scotland and you come back to your podcast. There's some things to report. You know, it was three <laughs> weeks and not three months. <laughs> I tell you, when you're trying to piece together two families on two different continents across a massive uh, watery divide, it feels like three months, even yeah, when it's only can, three weeks. I can imagine. <laughs> no, you can't. You can't. Don't do it. Don't even try. <laughs> so anyway, anyway, anyway. Yes. What's our first first item? Let me take it. Whiskey Jubilee tickets. Yes. For Chicago's Chicago. third annual Whiskey Jubilee third on November nine. Annual. They're selling selling very nicely. We are three months away. Just under three, yeah, all of August. Count, by my count, yeah. September into October into November. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're about three months away. We're selling faster than we have in Chicago previously, so that's really wonderful. Yeah, people have the Jubilee on their radar. So um, head along to whiskeyjubilee.com to pick up your tickets and uh, come along and be part of a uh, a lovely Chicago Whiskey Jubilee experience. Item number two. <laughs> so. We we are going to um, we're going to sandwich the next bit of news. So we started off with great stuff happening with Whiskey Jubilee Chicago, and we're going to end with something that is such great news. Oh, um, do you know what I smell? Oh, right. yeah, yeah. Do you know what I smell? <laughs> I smell a, a world famous Joshua Hatton shit burger coming. <laughs> <laughs> is that what I'm smelling? It's it's a shit burger. Okay, but but the shit inside it's uh, let's look at it as more fertilizer than shit. <laughs> <laughs> Today you get a little peek behind the curtain of what can happen when you rely on third parties to get your stuff going, and we're not the only people. Uh, there's so many distilleries that rely on bottling halls that aren't their own printers well, and, that aren't their own etc right and to be clear here you're you know, given what you're about to say you're not actually placing blame on that third not party no you're just explaining the way that our third party can be affected by yes another party yes that might be connected to the government say <laughs> right. maybe that's where we might want to apportion blame <laughs> if one were to apportion blame in this circumstance. Given the current state of MAGA, do you want to be uh, blaming our government for anything? Actually, the police are banging down my door right now as I'm saying this. <laughs> Someone's banging something. Um, Easy, so- always the penis with you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so our Whiskey Jubilee New York bottling, uh, which is that beautiful 11-year, 7-month-old MGP, 
had an initial ship date or starting to ship date of July. And, and now we're looking at about a month later than that uh, to, to begin shipping. But there are things that happen, such as the TTB, which is in charge of approving labels, um, can delay things. Uh, there could be printing errors. Uh, there could be typos <laughs> that we put in or not. Not saying that that happened. Uh, but anytime there is one delay, as you go down the, the, the other steps of the process, or process, as Jason would say, it just exacerbates things. So, exactly. Right? So we printed up a bunch of labels for this bottling only to find out that they, uh, there were some inaccuracies on it, which had to do with ABV. And so we had to print up some new labels for that. Now, doing that added two weeks to the overall ship date, which changed our placement in the bottling hall schedule. So what was a mid-July shipping time frame, we're now looking at uh, a month, a little over a month later, because our bottling hall slot changed so there you go yeah it's it's one of those interesting things when when people reach out and they say hey how are how are things looking with that bottling that i purchased and and you say well a couple of little things came off the rails or as we're explaining just now in the news segment a couple of very tiny things came off the rails mm. and we lose four weeks and and to be honest with you and to be honest with the listeners i'm actually quite impressed quite surprised that it's only been four weeks yeah. that we've lost here. Yeah. Yep. Once you lose your place in queues, you can be asking for a world of hurt. Indeed. You're then falling on somebody else's sword to say, listen, I, I know your queue is three months long and I know we've been in queue for three months, but given this current circumstance with a label or an approval process or a, a fly in the ointment, could you squeeze us back in? Mm -hmm. Can you do us a favor so that we don't completely destroy you know, our own schedule? And, and the people that we work with, with whom we've got tremendous relationships, try to help us. Mm -hmm. you know, try to get us back into that queue yeah. where yeah. they possibly yeah, they can. Job of it too. But it's not you lose your place on a Wednesday and you get replaced on a Thursday. No. You, you lose your place in the middle of a month and you make it back in the middle of the next month. Um, and like I say, I feel very fortunate that that happened. So um, I, I think it also behooves us to say thank you to those who have placed orders who are being incredibly patient. Very patient. Right? They, yeah. un they understand it's a very small release. They understand it's the bottling of a single cask. And they understand, and I think we've been very fortunate uh, all the way through our time with you know, all of our Jewish whiskey company properties, we've been very fortunate to have supporters who say, yeah, I get it. Mm -hmm. I, I, I get that things come up. Yeah, that, that's totally cool. Yeah. Thanks for keeping us in the loop and thanks for being honest. We, we try to make announcements. Sometimes it works out and it works flawlessly behind the scenes. And sometimes you run into difficulties and you, you give your supporters an honest answer and they thank you and, and everyone just tries to get along with it. It, here's a here's a perfect example as to why a lot of companies will not give release dates. When Lafroy Lore uh, 
was launched in New York last year, it was on our pouring list. We were told that we would have that and it would be poured. What our good friends at Lafroy didn't know is that the registration within New York didn't go through properly and wasn't going to go through until the next week. So legally, they just couldn't, they couldn't pour it. They couldn't ship it into the state for them to be able to pull it. So you can understand why a company would be a bit apprehensive, you know, to, to release dates like that. Um, we try to release them as much as we can while always having the caveat, things can happen. Yeah. Here, right? Yep. Here's Here's what we hope and expect to happen, but please know there's some padding around this and, and thank you for your patience. Yep. Perfect. Yeah. Okay. So now on to the base of that shit burger. <laughs> uh, we, no, I, we have had, is that the base sorry? or is that the, that's the top of the bun? Oh, see, I was go from the top down. You take it from the bottom and bring it to the top. Take, take it from, it the, from bottom, the bottom, bring, bring it, it to the top. top. Okay. Okay, I, I get you. I'm with you. Take it from the bottom. Bring it to the top. Take it from the bottom. Bring it to the top. And just like that. So anyway, so go ahead. We will have this week. This week. Dates may remain subject to change. Have our second retail release on a boat. Yes, 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 yes. Coming to the United States for, depending on the waves and depending on the ports and depending on customs, <laughs> arrival at the end of September, mm-hmm. uh, which would mean we can get it into stores sometime during the month of October. We shall see. But yes, yeah, six different bottlings. Yep. Uh, did yep. we mention them in, in a previous podcast? If not, I think uh, now is the perfect time to do it. I think no. You give a list. This, this news segment is running too long. We'll we'll do an episode where we will delve deeper into our retail release. So Jason's not allowing me to list out the bottlings uh, that will be as part of our second release. He's suggesting that uh, that will be done at another podcast. So just know that there will be six bottlings, and you are not allowed to know what they are. So I guess we're done with the news segment. Thank you, Jason. Um, taste that mm, shit burger. <laughs> Was that? Did you enjoy that shit burger, Jason? I did. I did enjoy that shit burger. Yeah. I especially. Do shit burgers come from Aspergers? I especially liked all the shit between the buns. That sounds <laughs> so wrong. Oh, oh. always, to, oh, the, always no, to the anus that's with you. Right. <laughs> That's not right. Oh, gosh. Oh, I just turned my own stomach there. Oh, Oh, that's horribly wrong. Okay, let's move along to something much happier. Do we have any emails, Joshua? We do have emails, and we actually have some emails that that came to us over the past few weeks. And um, because, generally speaking, um, we... We like to be lazy when we can be. Uh, I wanted to bring forward the most recent one we got. Is that okay with you? I'm totally fine. Totally. Perfectly yeah. adequate. Yeah. So we got an email from Leo Weitzman, who is a Single Cast Nation member. He has been a Single Cast Nation member now for a few years and has started listening to our podcast. 
And given that we were just discussing Jubilee bottlings, we first made contact, friends. Yes. Uh, yeah, all of the above with Leo. Yes. When on our Facebook page, he got very upset. Very upset that with the us. New, the, sorry? Very upset with us. Very upset with us that our New York Jubilee bottling yeah. was not available to random people in Chicago. <laughs> that was our first one. <laughs> I think that was that was the very first whiskey jubilee bottling if I, if my history is correct. And and we were trying to explain to him why it was the way that it was. Yeah. And uh, he he remained very upset and we thought to ourselves, gosh, yeah. we have we have landed on the radar of a very angry man. And 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 ever since that very first contact we have had a lovely relationship with Leo Waitzman. Absolutely. And he has a he's a wonderful supporter of Single Cast Nation and Whiskey Jubilee. And and I, I tremendously enjoy the chap. Yeah. And it's interesting the relationships that can blossom from very, very frightening and scary scenes. <laughs> In Leo's defense I can say <laughs> I can say I, I fully understand. Oh. You know, when I look at the at Whiskey Live Taiwan and they release these special Japanese bottlings, right? The, from from a couple of years back or the whiskey show, all these special bottlings, and man do I wish I can get my hands on them. So what does Leo's email say? So our good friend Leo says You ready? I'm very ready. Very, very. J and J. I'm on J. the edge of my seat. <laughs> J and J, loving the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. I know you've put out blends in the past as part of the Whiskey Jubilee Limited Editions. Uh, he's referring, by the way, to our, uh, to our High West bottling. That was our second Jubilee bottling. He goes on to say, but what's... Would it have been a blend? Not sure. Our High West? Yeah. Yes. Wouldn't it be a wouldn't it be a vatting from no, the same distillery? No. No. Because you have different types of whiskey. You have bourbon, rye, and light whiskey. Gotcha. Gotcha. Just like as a for instance, and I'm talking to the Scotsman in the room now, just like the Lochside distillery that produced both single malt and single grain, when they mixed the two of those together into single casks or released these they would call them single blends so two different kinds of whiskey three different kinds of whiskey even if it's from the same distillery it'd still be called a blend and they called it a single blend yeah they call it a single blend that doesn't seem confusing in the slightest i don't know what to tell you jason <laughs> i think it's perfectly understandable okay okay can we go oh, on yeah. to Leo's question? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to start getting upset with you the way Leo is upset with us on that bottling. <laughs> Understood. Carry on. <laughs> I love Leo. He's great. Um, <laughs> you, you haven't mentioned that before. This is the first time hearing of it. <laughs> so, 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 <laughs> so Leo goes on to the say... The diplomat is out of control. <laughs> Uh, I've got the best diplomacy skills, like the best. Tremendous. <laughs> Huge. 
He goes on to say, but what's stopping you from putting out a vatted malt or perhaps a small batch release? Seems like the trend these days with many IBs, independent bottlers, uh, but certainly not a bad trend in my opinion. I agree with you, Leo, there. Uh, I'm sure the both of you have some kind of homemade Solera or some kind of vatting. Why not put I, your blend? I do. You do? I do. Okay. He I says, have one for American and one for Scottish. Can I finish his question or are you going to just keep on? Simply a parenthetical comment. Right. But that's over my talking. You don't like it, do you? You don't like it. This is my life. You don't like it, do you? <laughs> and then he ends up saying, Why oh, not? Joshua, <laughs> to see ourselves as others see us. A very famous line from the Ayrshire bard, Robert Burns. Why not put your blending skills to the test? To see ourselves as others see us. Do continue, my good man. Do continue. I just did. I just did. Oh, I'm getting angry. I'm getting angry. <laughs> I think it's the booze. <laughs> so I, I think there's a quick and easy answer to Leo's question here. What was his question? <laughs> uh, what's stopping us from putting out vatted malt or a small batch release? Is anything stopping us? Nothing. In fact, there is one that is going to be on the container with the other six single cast nation bottlings. That's tremendous news. Yeah. I thought you'd like that. I so- do. This is good. This is good. <laughs> Our company is still running. That's just good news. <laughs> so we have done something different. You and I, Jason, have purchased two octaves from Kregeliki Distillery. I recall. Mm-hmm. Uh, two nine-year-old octaves, both of them first fill sherry, both of them mm, amazing yummy. whiskeys, right? Do you remember? Because we went through oh, a yeah. few different samples, and these two really yep. stood out. And then, yep. and then you and I said, geez, this would be a really small bottling, right? Because an octave is going to get you somewhere around 70 bottles, probably less than that. Yeah, if it's full to the gunnels, you might get it around 70. Yeah, but. yeah. And, uh, and so we said, why not do a 50-50 marriage of, of these two, 50-50 split or marriage of these two casks and see what happens. So we did that, and both of these great casks together tasted even more amazing. So we're going to have a 9-year-old Kregeliki. First fill sherry, that is the combination of two octaves, comes in at 61.8% alcohol, if memory serves, and we are lovingly calling this Double Cask Nation. We are, you know, a cute little joke for our, our supporters there. But yeah, tremendous flavor, tremendous color. So in answer to your question, Leo, not only were we thinking about doing it, but we actually did it. And we have another project in the works that we're hoping to talk about at sometime in the near future. I was so ready to hint, but I I secede. Yes. <laughs> I don't think that's the right word. <laughs> so after you drink, 
in the morning on an empty stomach while taking drugs so for, you, your, <laughs> for your pain. So you did not succeed <laughs> when you said secede? I know, right? I didn't I didn't do much when I said secede. I seed is what I was trying to say. Oh. I seed the floor to you for the hint. All right, all right, all right. Okay. And it was a lovely hint. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm not sure it's going to be something we're, we're doing regularly, but you know, it just so happens we've got one coming out and one in the works. Normally, Jason, we would be putting in a misconception here, but uh, I know, given that I'm the person that edits these episodes, I know that this one is going to be uh, a little more on the long side. So I do have a misconception, and you and I will have... A, uh, a conversation around it. I think there's a really good conversation to be had regarding this, but we're going to pass for now. Gotcha. That makes good sense, I think. Yeah. But I do want to let people know how to contact us with uh, with more questions. And they can email us through uh, questions at onenationunderwhiskey.com. Whiskey without an E, of course. Uh, they can tweet at us at, at One Nation Whiskey. They could Instagram us, which I don't know how people message you through Instagram. I don't understand it. Apparently, people do it. So I'm going to give you that option. And our handle is... <laughs> okay, uh, Dad. You know, because the, the kids do this. Uh, the handle <laughs> is um, at One Nation Under Whiskey. And then finally, finally, finally... Uh, our Snapchat? Yeah, but no, we've we've reached our limit of dick pics. So, so just you know, quick. <laughs> um, so people can also reach out to us on Facebook, Facebook dot com slash One Nation under whiskey, and whiskey is always and forever without an e. I know your fingers want to throw that pesky e in there, but it simply does not exist. That sounds good, man. <laughs> Cool. So, yes. My audio connection is totally gone. It's just hot garbage through and through. So, instead of our usual rambly closure, which perhaps this can take the place of, I am going to sign off by saying thank you to you for recording those interviews at the inaugural west coast fish in oban thank you thank you thank you to leo vatesman for his email mm -hmm. thank you and thank you to our listeners for joining us on this podcast journey as always thank you and uh just as you were ending your audio started coming in a little nicer <laughs> but uh jason welcome back to the night welcome back to you <laughs> Welcome back to the United States. <laughs> back in the USSA. <laughs> you don't know how lucky you are, my guy. Back in the US, back in the US, back in the USSA. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. Ha, 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 ha.
<laughs> and scene.